Moncrief on News Talk. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone. The internet changed the world. Penicillin, I would have thought. I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Simon Tierney joins us once again for this week's edition of Stuff That Changed the World. This week, Simon is exploring the history of the ladder. Good afternoon, Simon. How are you today? I'm very well, Tom. Do you keep a ladder yourself? We do. Uh, we have uh, two ladders, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, I have a small step ladder that I bought, which I quickly realised was absolutely useless. And then I got one of those folding ladders, which theoretically could let me scale a very large building, uh, but which now only folds one way. Buy cheap, buy twice. And uh, so I have two ladders, n- neither of which I'm particularly fond of. Yeah, well, that's that's interesting. I mean, I live in an apartment and I do even so have a ladder. It's a step ladder. It's very small because in an apartment, why would you need anything larger? But it's a dream of mine, Tom, to have Is a this- full size, adult size ladder yeah. <laughs> at some point in, in the future. Now, I was inspired to talk about the ladder today, Tom, because I came across an extraordinary post by the Dublin Fire Brigade on Twitter at the end of last week, and it was to commemorate the 130th anniversary of the death of two very brave Dublin firemen by the name of Christopher Doherty and Michael Burke. And they attended a fire on Westmoreland Street in May of 1891, and they rescued five people from a building there. And... um, Unfortunately, the ladder became overburdened that they were using. This was an extraordinary ladder. I could describe it. it um, I tweeted a picture of it earlier and it has four wheels at the base of it, Tom. Two very large wheels and two small caster type wheels. It almost like looks like one of those old 19th century Nelly bicycles, high yeah, Nelly bicycles. And um, this was used, obviously, for moving it around because it was so heavy and so large it may not have fit on the back of a horse carriage. Anyway, uh, the two firemen rescued five people from the building and then the ladder split in two. And sadly, Christopher Doherty and Michael Burke lost their lives on that day, 130 years ago. Looking at the photograph you tweeted out, and it's funny, we would walk down Westmoreland Street. Uh, there was a time in my life I probably would walk down Westmoreland Street every day. You don't think about the stories that street could tell if, if, it, if it was able to speak. But when you look here at the fire and the buildings, trying to work out which buildings they are, and the, the ladder and the two poor men who lost it, it's such, such a dramatic story. It, it really is. And it's, it's amazing to look at the history of organisations like the Dublin Fire Brigade because they offer a particularly interesting window into the history of this city because they've been around for so long. And Dublin Fire Brigade were very influential um, in ladder design and their ladders were used all over uh, the UK. Thomas Purcell is probably the most famous fireman to come out of this city. He uh, was the chief uh, the chief fire officer of Dublin Fire Brigade from 1892 to 1917. So a very long career, Tom. And he introduced one of the world's first turntable ladders in the 1890s. Now, I was fascinated to try and discover what a turntable ladder is, but of course they're still used to this day. This is a ladder which can turn on the back of the fire engine. 
and is is extremely flexible um, used to great effect in several movies including one with Roger Moore if I remember correctly James yeah. Bond movie <laughs> um, but uh, the reason these were introduced by Thomas Purcell in the 1890s is because of course it was in that decade that the I was going to say the Lewis the tram lines were first introduced to Dublin City and it made it more and more difficult for fire engines to access buildings. So the turntable ladder was um, uh, a solution uh, to that problem. And Thomas Purcell's design, as I said, was so influential that it was used in fire services across the United Kingdom. I'm looking at it and it looks like a photograph that could have been taken today, to be honest. I mean, you listen to your story of the tram lines. I can't help but think of the Lewis and, and causing trouble for cyclists. It's it's so, it echoes today so clearly. And Thomas Purcell would have been um, still with the fire brigade during 1916. So he would have had Indeed. his hands full there. Yeah, he would have, in, in the, the last years of his career, that's a very good point. He would have had his hands full on Easter Sunday that year, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Kieran texts to say, I knew I was a proper adult when I got my first ladder. I was in my late 30s. We now have four ladders. They all just happened. Um, well, it's really interesting <laughs> you say that, Tom, because I think one of the great milestones in life is not just getting a ladder, but getting a toolbox. Do you keep one? I do, I do. And I was using it over the weekend. It is a very important bit of gear. And have you got one of them yet? Yeah, it's something that I like to carry around and not necessarily always open it, but uh, it makes me feel really good about myself. (laughs) (laughs) Good. Um, We'll talk about that more later. But but, um, the origins of the ladders, you're able to trace these back quite a long way, aren't you? Yeah, so I mean, it's impossible to know when something like the ladder was first invented, of course, Tom. It's it's such a simple tool, but we do know that the first pictorial documentary evidence that we have of it is from the Arana Caves in Spain from about, uh, well, it's the Mesolithic era, so probably around 10,000 years ago. Um, We can actually see drawings of ladders to this day in those caves. But it was the Egyptians which really made the ladder what it is today. And also, it was the Egyptians that imbued it with its symbolic significance. Because um, we know, for example, that a lot of pharaohs were buried in their tombs or in their pyramids with a, a rope ladder. And this was to give them access to heaven, that they could use the ladder oh, okay. to climb climb the steps to heaven. Um, And that's really important, the idea of um, a ladder making a triangle when it's leaning against a wall. The triangle, of course, is sacred in ancient Egyptian culture, uh, personified by the great great pyramids uh, of Giza. Um, But then in in medieval times, we, we cannot forget the role of the ladder in warfare. And this is particularly interesting because, of course, they were used for escalating. And escalating coming from the Italian word scalare, which means to to climb or to scale, that a ladder was a a quick and easy way to scale the ramparts or the wall of a castle, which would allow entry into um, your opponent's defence forces. Um, So that that was a really important military role for the ladder. Yeah, not a job you'd want, would it? Now, if you're one of the lads who has to throw the ladder against the wall and then climb up it and attack the people at the top. That's it's not a job you'd, you'd want to be at no, the, the front I, of the queue to try and get. No, I mean, if, you, if you're going to be in a war, you want to be like Captain Darling in um, Blackadder, the guy who's kind of 
you know, doing the admin yeah. about 20 yeah. miles behind the front line, don't you? You yeah. don't want to be the guy very the far. <laughs> no, very far. Baldrick is on the ladder. There's no well, question of course, that, but, uh, yeah. it's, it, of course, those guys used ladders to to go over the top in uh, in um, you know the the fields of the Battle of the Somme and and all the rest in in Belgium during World War One. The the uh, the ladder has a long military history right into the twentieth century. It does. You have a kind of hall of fame of, of the world's mm-hmm. most influential ladders, starting with uh, the germ, the hook ladder from yeah. 1828. This is the hook ladder or the Pompier ladder. This is probably one of my favourite ladders of all time, Tom. It's designed like a question mark. And this was a solution to the fact that buildings were getting taller and taller as the 19th century progressed. And ladders were becoming less and less suitable for climbing them because there's only so high that a wooden ladder could go at that time. And a man by the name of Herr Bell, a German man in, as you say, 1828, he designed this question mark type ladder, which was lightweight and small. And it meant that he could hook it over the first floor windowsill, climb up, straddle with one leg on either side of that windowsill, lift up said ladder, throw it up above him onto the next windowsill where it hooked in and climb again. And he repeated this process as many floors as he needed until he get, got to the, the, the source of the fire. And crucially, when you think about how that would work from a technical point of view, Tom, you think that it'd be very difficult to climb because obviously yeah. the force of your weight would push the ladder against the wall and maybe catch your, your fingers or your hands. Yes. But it had two metal devices at the bottom of the Pompier ladder called shoes. And these held the ladder out from the building, about a foot out from the building, so that you're actually able to climb it and then pull it back up again. An extraordinary, uh, an extraordinarily simple but effective fireman's ladder. And brave too. You have to stand back and, and try and remember that it is a burning building he's doing that up the side of. So uh, well done to all of them. Very brave men. Absolutely. Yeah. Extraordinary. Of course, one of the most important advances in Fireman's um, Ladder came in the 1930s. And this was this had a profound effect on so many industries. And this was the popularization of aluminium as a material for use in, in devices like this. And it was the Norway Fire Department which was the first to begin using aluminium as the base material for ladders. This ladders to this day are still made with aluminium. The main reason being, of course, that it's extremely light but strong at the same time. And importantly for fire departments, it's unflammable. Yeah. Um, very interesting use of the word flammable there, uh, Simon, I, I noticed. Um, the word inflammable is one of those words that people use. Inflammable seems to be able to mean both it will burn and it won't burn. Yes, sorry, you're right. Inflammable. I said unflammable. You're absolutely right, Tom. I thought you'd gone for a whole new word there and I wasn't going to argue with you. Um, you've kind of skipped out the invention of the stepladder, which I don't think is fair because John Basie, you know, that, that is, is, is a name who will live in stepladder history. Yes, absolutely. Um, John Baisley invented the stepladder in 1862, 
which goes back a long way. I, I didn't expect it to have such a long history. He was uh, a master carpenter in the state of Pennsylvania in America, Tom. And when he first produced this in the 1860s, he produced two versions. One was five feet high and the other was 10 feet high. My one in my apartment is, God, I'd say four feet high. It's very small. <laughs> Yeah, you could just stand on a box there, really, Simon, uh, to tell the truth. Um, right, but still, they're the ones most of us have. Um, Superstition-wise, that whole not walking under a ladder, I always thought that was just common sense because something might fall on your head. But it's actually stronger than that, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I don't make a point of walking under ladders, but I wouldn't freak out if I had to walk under a ladder. I mean, would you? would you avoid walking under a ladder or...? Purely because there might be somebody standing on it who would drop something on you. If there wasn't um, anyone standing on the ladder and it looked safe, would you be happy enough to walk through the middle of the ladder? I have to be honest, I think I'd still stop for a second and I still think something inside me would say, yeah. walk around it, there you walk go. around it, Yeah, go it's on. inbuilt, it's in our psyche. We are so trained not to go under a ladder and probably for good reasons. But the superstition of it is interesting, Tom, because it does go back. We did, uh, Christianity did usurp the superstition from the Egyptians. I told you earlier that this idea of the triangle, the pyramid was a sacred and you didn't want to desecrate the triangle. But the yeah. book of Genesis in the Bible, of course, has um, the biblical patrician Jacob of Jacob's dream fame. And he yeah. dreamt about a ladder that reached up to heaven. But it is also about the number three, the Trinity, the Holy Father, the, the Son and the, the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. And this is what makes the triangle a sacred symbol. So the idea of walking under a ladder is that you are breaking the the trinity and that's considered okay. blasphemous by some so right. it would bring perhaps bad luck and of course the other side of it as well is that we do know from some of the gospels that um there was a ladder leaning against Jesus's crucifix uh, for the men oh. who were putting him up there right. so there there's a kind yeah. of um, a, a misfortune associated with ladders as well okay Fascinating stuff as always, Simon. And um, I'll talk to you later and give you advice if you're if you're in the market for buying because I think there's a lot to buying the right ladder. Trust me, Simon. Thank you very much for that. Indeed, Moncrief on News Talk.